My next interview is with a comic I met at uh, Harrisburg Comedy Zone uh, at Open Mic. She's a very funny comic. She goes there every Thursday. I see her there every Thursday. She does her five minutes, four minutes, and sometimes three minutes on stage. And I asked her to come onto the podcast, talk a little comedy, get to know her a little bit better, uh, and get into some other things. So uh, without saying much more, uh, here is Karen Kay. Hi, Karen. Hello. How you doing? I successfully lured a second comic into my basement. He does. He puts out like snack food and we just follow it down. There are snacks over there. It's mostly for my kids, but you're welcome to them. And from when I sit down here and play video games. What's up? Not much. I just got called Helga the Goat Herder. So. Helga the Goat Herder. Yeah, the Goat Girl. The Goat Girl. The Goat Girl. I was just happy he said girl and not like matron. Yeah. What street was this guy on that he yelled it across the street <laughs> at you? This was in class. Ah, this is your professor. 75 years old. Yeah. Wow. You know, he's been holding that like in. He wanted to use it for years. And then he saw you come in with your braids. It was phenomenal. And he unleashed it. Did he get a laugh? The class laughed ridiculously. Yeah. I got apologies for the amount of laughter from some of my friends. Did you really? They're like, I'm sorry I laughed so hard at that. Do you get, like, how do you take it when people tease you? Oh, I didn't care. That doesn't bother I, you. I felt like if it was some of the kids, they would have been, like, typing a letter to the dean in the yeah. middle of a class. People get sensitive. It's just like, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, you got to be able to joke about it. I have uh, my group of friends, uh, you make fun of each other. I mean, that's what you do. And I have to respect the fact when I'm not, in my group of friends and I want to make fun of somebody, it's not really a nice thing to do. Your headphones okay? Yeah, they're just slipping. Hold on. Readjust because the them. braids. <laughs> they're not meant for Helga, the goat herder's head. The braids aren't holding them in. Is that what it is? Exactly. You need to tie them around them like Princess Leia. <laughs> so you came on the podcast today uh, mostly to talk about, oh, I invited you on to talk about comedy. You are a comic. You uh, perform in the area. I met you at open mic night. Uh, Harrisburg Comedy Zone up here, which is the Boomerang Bar now. I don't know. You, before that, it used to be Doc Holiday, so it's yeah. Boomerang now. Uh, and your husband is friends with a good friend of mine. So Correct. they work together. So that's how we met each other probably two years ago before the pandemic. It was, before, it was right before the pandemic because I remember yeah. I got off the stage and then uh, you saw Kevin. Kevin was like texting me like, holy crap. Because <laughs> <laughs> we randomly went there. That was like my secret spot I would go on Thursday nights to hide from my family. I think I mentioned Same. something to Kevin. Yeah, okay. It's not secret. I just okay. <laughs> you just decided. So that so that's interesting. So I want to get into that. What was your first day going to open mic? Well, so it was two summers ago in July. So you, when I met you, you July. just started doing it. Right. Okay. And I don't know how it came. I, I think Jason and I, we had refinished the patio. We had painted the patio all day, did house stuff. And then um, like adults, we got super drunk. Mm -hmm. And then I told him that I really wanted to do this, and I had researched it, and I found when the open mic was, and I wanted to go. Okay. And he said, okay, fine, whatever. And then I set it up for my one really good friend to go with me and her daughters, who are mm -hmm. adults. Her daughter's in their 20s. And I thought, well, if it goes badly, she will never tell anyone, <laughs> so this is perfect. Yeah. But I have, like, support, but mm -hmm. I have support that would, like, not hold it against me. Yeah. Because I think that's how you have to do it. Yeah. You either go by yourself or you bring someone who would swear to secrecy if it was a disaster. You didn't want people to know that you went up there and it didn't go well? Right. That would, you were like sensitive to that. I mean, isn't everyone? 
No, I, yeah, absolutely. Why do you think I haven't done it yet? I think there's a lot of people, <laughs> though, who even after they go up are, like, delusional and think it went, like, phenomenal. Mm. I honestly think my first time went well. Yeah. Was it as good as I am now? No. Yeah. But it wasn't like, holy shit, what was that? Which is what a lot of first-timers. Yeah. It's. Because your nerves are heightened, your heartbeat is going like crazy, and you're like, what just happened? And well, it's I only think, five minutes, three minutes, four minutes. I think some people also prepare what they think is three to five minutes. Yeah. And it's one. Mm. Because I don't think you, you know, you yeah. don't always realize. Yeah. Or some people prepare what's three to five minutes and they go up and talk for 10 minutes and none yeah. of it is funny. Yeah. Yeah. They kind of forget why they went up there maybe. Or uh, well, the other thing is, and I guess that's probably what I might find out one day is what I'm putting on paper, or what my thoughts are. Once you project them out and act them out, it might not be the way you're thinking in your head. Don't you test it on other people? I do, yeah, we, yeah. So like at parties and stuff like that. That's how it comes out. Like I was just at a work thing, and it was the first time I put my work pants on in like years. I mean, like two years. So I started. Uh, you know, I, I made jokes about that, and then I made jokes about how it really wasn't uh, consensual what was happening between me and my pants. Like trying to put my pants on, and I and I thought I was gonna have to eventually me too my pants if <laughs> to get them to happen. But that's the kind of stuff I was like bouncing off my coworkers. When I got to the me too part, I could see people kind of peeling off from the laughter they didn't want in on that one because it's work and you can't joke about stuff like that at work but um and then this then i'll go and write it and but there's stuff that i never talk about with people and it's in my own head and i put it on paper and write it and think yeah this is really good and i highlight it and didn't go anywhere yet but yeah and how long are you gonna like be a spectator before you give in yeah um i don't know i mean it's uh i'll do it you know and i think it's um i don't know I don't have an answer for you. <laughs> See, I never went to open mic before I went and did it. Do you think that's a good, so the way I'm doing it, so I sit like a creep in the back and watch you guys. And I, cause I just like it. I think it's, I love the raw or the rawness of it and people trying. And I love watching like you and I love watching the people I've seen for years get better and change things. And I like you, you did one joke one week and then two weeks later you do it a little bit different. I love watching that, that whole evolution and change of it. So I am being a little bit of a creep and a voyeur, but I am getting some kind of gratification from that. But at the same time, yeah, I've been doing it for like two years. Would would you say that was the right way to do it? Like you did it, like you just kind of ripped the Band-Aid off. You didn't even look at open mic yet or? I don't think there's a right or wrong. I think I didn't have time to go out and watch. Yeah. I, I mean, if I could have started sooner. You're a mom of like 13. Only you six. can't leave no, the house. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think like if, if I had time to, I would have. Yeah. I mean, I've you know been watching comedians for years. I remember, because yeah. um, I think we're about the same age. I remember growing up. Uh, there used to be Last Comic Standing mm -hmm. on TV. I mm -hmm. watched that religiously. So did I, yeah. And I remember thinking, I'm funnier than these people. Yeah. Uh, not all of them, yeah. but, but some of them thinking like, oh my God, they're not even funny. Like, yeah. There's shit in my head that is way funnier than that. <laughs> and they're on TV. And they're on TV. Yeah. yeah. So you were thinking about it back then. Yeah, but we were talking earlier before we started taping that yeah. like my parents... That, that, that was not an option growing up yeah. to do something cool and fun. Yeah. Um, were you on welfare welfare cheese too, like me? No, no. My parents were incredibly were okay. upper middle class. Um, I think they told us we were poor mostly so they could save money because they're living it up right now. Oh, yeah. Um, they hoarded it away. They did. They mm -hmm. did. And now they are spending my inheritance at a rate <laughs> that I'm not okay with. That's funny. I tell them their money is closer to being my money than their money. Yeah, technically, if you do the math. Yeah, that's a good way to put it and a creepy way to put it. <laughs>
and causes them to change their locks. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) they would want to change their locks after that. So, um, so you went right up, you took a friend. Uh, how how was the first laugh you got? Do you remember it? Oh yeah. You remember that? I mean, it was a, it was a well-written set and I've done it again. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it was good enough material to redo it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it was, you know, it, once you get that laugh and once you see the audience like you, it's, it's a drug and then you keep going back like a crazy person. Yeah. Um, I think like once I first started, I thought I had to have a new set every week. Yeah. Uh, which is crazy and insane and you can't. Yeah. Um, but it's hard because I feel like once you do a set, you'll never have that first reaction again. Mm. You can tighten it up and you can do it better, but sometimes at least the way I do things, Mm -hmm. I have a rawness that comes with the first time I tell certain jokes, Mm. at least on stage. Because it's off the cuff. Yeah. You just kind of, what you're thinking kind of thing. Well, and it never comes out the same way. Plus, you know, I think, you know, at open mic, it's a lot of the same people. Yeah. So once they hear that joke, the second time you're not going to get the same laugh. Yeah. As you did the first time, because yeah. it's not original to them. Yeah, you can tell it somewhere else. Yeah, and get a good laugh. It doesn't mean it wasn't funny. They've just heard it three or four. It's kind of like my wife, who's heard my jokes, like for. And she, she rolls her eyes. I'm yeah, sure. She's just, they, she unfortunately has to watch us in front of a new crowd of people, and I reuse stuff, and uh, she's like, "Oh God!" Like, but they love it. But she's right. she's over it. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting because when you guys get a fresh crop of people that have never been there before. Like you get these crowds that come in, these four or five people or even like 10 people. I watch the people that go up on stage. I watch them fall back on the stuff that's funny and they've done a lot, but I watch them not try new stuff. Like I watch them fall back on that. It's interesting. And I do that sometimes. Like, and I would oh, do it too. Yeah. You know, well, it's also a good chance for me to practice old material. Yeah. Make sure I'm doing it correctly. Yeah. And get that laugh. Yeah. Whereas if it's just open mic people, oh, let me try this new joke that mm. if it bombs, nobody gives a shit. Mm. But if I'm trying it with new people and there's an actual real audience, you know, with the pulse that doesn't sit there every week on their phone scrolling like I do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's um, so that's interesting. So I'm thinking um, you feel more comfortable with the comics being there trying new stuff versus just regular crowd people there as far as open mic. I mean, if I go there and I have something new that I've been thinking about and working on, I will do it no matter who's there. Mm-hmm. But if I get there and I'm not sure what I'm going to do, mm-hmm. I'm and I see a good crowd of new people, I'm definitely doing my standbys that I know mm-hmm. will kill and mm-hmm. will do fantastic because mm-hmm. I want them to be like, you were awesome. Mm-hmm. So you're doing shows tonight. I have a show tonight. And a show tomorrow night? I don't. I tonight. could have done tomorrow night, but I'm going to fancy lawyer ball tonight. Ooh, fun. Yeah, get to dress up. Yeah. But tonight you're doing, so the, the material during the night, how long of a set would it be? It's, I think, 10 minutes tonight. Okay. And then is that stuff you've worked on for months, days, or years? I don't know what I'm doing yet tonight. For real? So you have no idea. It'll be stuff that I've worked on. You know, it'll be usually like my best of hits and sometimes what i go up planning to do and then what i actually stay, say on stage not always the same might be different that's the other thing too i think that's how my brain reacts to is i like to kind of think on the fly come up funny stuff on the fly and then that's why i like to write it down i do it like the opposite way but i'm doing so much writing and pre-thinking that i think i'm getting in my own head because i'm not used to that part like reading it and thinking it and then saying it this way so 
and I've said this to you before when we were talking after the shows at, at Comedy Zone is I just need to get up there and riff and talk and feel comfortable. So w- at what point did you feel comfortable at open mics just being you? I would say rehearsed? after the first four or five times, my hand finally stopped shaking when mm. I was holding the microphone. Mm-hmm. I mean, because I would tremble because mm-hmm. I was so nervous. Yeah. And uh, I was really fast, too. They always said, like, Talking too did fast. you take, like, cocaine before you got here? <laughs> um, the joke was that I would do a 10-minute set in three minutes. Yeah. Because um, you're just talking so fast. Right. Well, yeah. I wanted to get my material in. I just... Yeah. Is that your personality? It is. It yeah. is. And that's what I've always said. Like, I'm a fast person. Like, you don't, you know, have six kids, go to law school, do comedy. Mm-hmm. Because you live a slow life. Yeah. It's you got a lot not, going on. It's, it's not, not your fault. <laughs> the game chose you. You didn't choose the game. Exactly. So do you take feedback from other comics? Like, do you, are you open to it? Do you ask for it? Um, do they give it? And is it fair? They do. Um, sometimes unsolicited, sometimes solicited. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, Andrew and I are yeah. pretty tight. Yeah. And uh, we commute back and forth to a lot of shows and yeah. stuff. So. Uh, we usually discuss stuff there, and uh, yeah. Danny, um, you know, and generally I'm open to hearing, and they'll, you know, we'll say to each other, "Hey, that joke, add this," or mm-hmm. "Did you think about it this way?" Yeah. Or, you know. do you like that though? Like, like what? Like, I know it doesn't probably feel good at first when someone tells you you're doing something wrong. Uh, I don't mind like people telling you to add a tag, like if they're if they think of a line that would go right with yours that I maybe didn't think of. That's mm-hmm. one thing. Um, I think sometimes the male comics want me to do things a very specific way, the way they all do it. Mm-hmm. Um, cause there's a certain style that I think is very prevalent mm-hmm. with that group. Good, bad, or indifferent. Yeah. But I think there was always this push that I needed to do it that way. Mm. And I've always kind of pushed back a little that this is my personality. You're not, yeah. I'm not going to be you like yeah uh, in the words of Maisel I'm best when I'm me but the marvelous uh, Mrs. Maisel yeah. I have yet to watch it someone just told me this at this work thing that I need to watch it because I know they li- I like comedy they said it's really good I think it's on the fourth season it, the fourth season just wrapped. and it's good and they're taking the it? fifth and the, oh my god I love Maisel <laughs> <laughs> I heard it's well written it it's is. funny it's well written well, um it's, it's uh Amy Sherman Palladino she's the same lady who wrote the Gilmore Girls okay you probably did not watch. Oh, I've got the box set. Yeah. Your it's, wife has the box set, right? I don't know what she's got. She's probably, yeah, Kardashians. She loves that stuff. She likes reality TV. But did you watch, did you watch Gilmore Girls? No, I don't even know oh, what okay. it is. Okay. I've, I've definitely the- joked about it with people <laughs> <laughs> in the sense that I wouldn't watch it. Yeah. Gotcha. It's a very girly show, right? It was, but it was about families and I used to watch it with my dad. Okay. And then I... The, was he sleeping? No, like no, he would watch. I was in high school, and he would watch it with me in like college. Yeah. Um. But the grandfather in the show was actually named Richard, and mm-hmm. my dad is named Richard. So when when that character, when the 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 actor who played that character died, I was devastated. Oh wow. Because like, yeah, he reminds me of my dad. It was just very. Oh no. It was also weird to watch the show again as an adult. Because uh, you I rewatched used to, it. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god so i said i had the box set i think you really do have the box set though. no it was on uh, netflix but uh i rewatched it and i watched it like this year 
And as an adult, I used to, you know, as a kid, relate to the kid in the show, the daughter yeah. who was a teenager. And now, like, I was relating to the grandmother and the mother the whole time. And I was like, oh, God, I don't like this. <laughs> yeah. Um, is there any uh, comics you look up to that you watch on TV or? I mean, Kathleen Madigan's always been my That's your my That's your go-to? She's my girl. Uh, I used to really like, well, I mean, I still like her, uh, Jean Robinson. But she passed away this year. Oh. Last year. Okay. I don't know yeah. who that is. Uh, she was an older comic. I think she was in her 70s, maybe okay. early 80s. Yeah. Very clean. Did all clean, well-written yeah. humor. Uh, a lot of her stuff comes up on um, on SiriusXM. Mm -hmm. But she also has specials on Amazon. Uh, she talks about her husband. She calls him left brain because mm -hmm. he thinks differently than her. Mm -hmm. but, uh, the fact that she was incredibly clean, because I'm not, but just shows the power of her writing yeah it's just yeah. very good writing yeah it's funny when i was younger or when i really you know didn't get into like the nuts and bolts of comedy i appreciated the shock comedy more like that got to me and that spoke to me and I, I think you know i tried to adopt that into my my world a little bit but as i get older i realize how hard clean comedy is like to keep it clean because you're you can't rely so much on shock words or shock factor of funny like you have to get a uh, one or two levels deeper. Like shock is really funny, funny, but it's it's kind of easy and it's superficial. Um, I, there's a place for it, and I and I love it. But but yeah, I think I I earned a new appreciation for the different kinds of funny. Um, but yeah, as you get older, you realize that that's hard. It's a lot of people can't do it. Right. Yeah, they just can't write like that or do it. Could you do so when you go up and do shows? They say this is a clean show. This like, have you run into that? So the show I'm doing next, or in two weeks, the 7th, I think it is. Mm -hmm. Or no, no, 7th is a Thursday, so the 9th. Mm -hmm. um, that I was told I can't drop the F-bomb, which is going to be, I mean, I can do it. Yeah. But you've seen it. <laughs> I mean, but that's, so that's, I think, to your point, right? So we talked about this, I, like being yourself on stage, just talking. Um, I think it's hard to censor yourself because it's a form of censoring if you're just kind of talking and having fun with it um i think that's hard it's a form of censoring i mean what's it don't break the fuck meter that's like what the it's old hard saying to, is because i don't think i use i don't think i throw it out there in the yeah. most offensive of ways yeah. i'm usually saying it in like what was the ring I'm, joke you used to do oh, this is the probably oh when I, I talk about my engagement ring i'll probably do that tonight <laughs> Um, the That's kids, a good one. The kids ask yeah. me about my engagement ring, and, and then they talk about the practical things I could have bought with the money that, yeah. that Daddy spent on the ring. And I say, this is the most practical thing your father's ever bought. It practically allows him to fuck me. Yeah, yeah. I hope you, I'm allowed to swear on this. Yeah, I don't you kind of just encouraged me. To yeah, no, I don't care. No, you're totally fine. Um, but that's the thing. That word fits that. If you change that. I don't know. I think it. I think it loses some of the sharpness to it. I think that's. I think that's a key word in that. So, but that's just an example. That like, if you censor somebody, I don't think you're going to get the. But at the same time, like, then that room wouldn't be for me. Like that audience may not be for me right now. Well, I also don't think that's like the dirtiest of jokes either. No. I think it's a very real joke, and I generally like women in that room are like, yeah. <laughs> and men are too, like, yeah. Yeah, I like it. It was a good joke. So then how do you get to the point? So Karen's doing open mics. What is the first paid gig? The first paid gig, okay, it was 
right before Christmas after I had just started. So I was maybe six. Oh, so a couple months, months in. in. Uh, I'd nice. gotten off the stage. I had done a joke about the Peloton commercial. It was when Peloton had that commercial where the really skinny oh, girl yeah. was. Do you yeah, know what I'm talking about? It's the best year of my life. Like, I'm so in shape. And meanwhile, she was built like a Victoria's Secret model. Before yeah, to begin. Yeah. And I do this whole joke about, like, how, first of all, her boyfriend sucks because he bought her a Peloton bike. <laughs> and then, like, my black friends were like, well, she's too skinny. And I was like, no, she's a white girl. There's no such thing as too skinny. Right, like, yeah. we will diet till we're dead. Like, yeah. We don't freaking care. <laughs> no. And uh, anyways, I got done doing this this whole set. And it was a really good set. Yeah. You felt I got good about off stage it? Yeah. and this guy comes over to me. He's like, hey, I'm a professional comic and I, I do shows and I really want you to open for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did like 25 minutes opening for him, which wow. I probably like other comics would say you had no business doing 25 minutes opening for someone as a first gig. That was my first like real someone else hired me to do something. Um, when I first started, one of my friends did a... Uh, said, I want to do a comedy show. Will you perform at it? Do you think you can get, like, another comic or whatever to do it? Oh. And we did um, we did a small show at Create a Palooza in Carlisle. Okay. The Paint Your Own Pottery Place. Really? Yeah. So it was just a small venue. Was it the we person who like owned the 30 place? Or? Or, well, no, my friend who does, like, music and stuff and yeah. has, like, mics and everything yeah. produced it. Um, the place was packed. I yeah. mean, we had, like... 30 or 40 people, whatever it could handle. I think it was like 40 people. Yeah. Um, Pre-COVID. Between my friends and his friends and like all my book club friends came. Some of my law school friends came. Um, did you lose some friends after it? No, it was really, <laughs> I did really well. I'm not saying you didn't too. do really I mean, well. it was a soft room to perform to because it was all people who knew me. Yeah. But uh, I did really well. I had a you know, great show. And yeah. I was kind of annoyed because I feel like... Um, some of the comedians kind of made fun of that show. And back then I thought, okay, maybe it was cheesy or whatever. And now since I've done like more paid gigs, no, that was a phenomenal, well-produced show with a ton of people in attendance. Cause I've shown up to things where there's like six people there for you to perform to. Yeah. And you're like, I don't even want to get paid because I feel like you're losing money on this deal. There's Um, people doing shows in laundromats. Yeah. Like they're, I've seen this, like their shows are popping up in really odd places. And let's face it, a lot of comics have to do some really weird stuff uh, until they get opportunities that's, that's bigger than that. I mean, it's guerrilla marketing. I mean, you're putting yourself out there, whatever you can take. Now, that first paid show I did, I didn't find out till after I had signed on. It was actually for an AA convention. Everybody for like there. like an AA meeting type thing, yeah. So um, people there were... So it's a sponsor, like to make money for it. They or were to... making money for the for the convention coming up. So it was like, I don't know, like a hundred people though. Oh, you should have knew that ship. ahead of time. You could have did some AA jokes. Well, he told me <laughs> beforehand. So he's like, if you have like drinking stories or whatever, bring them out because they love that. Yeah, sure. Um, but yeah, I I was like, oh crap, I have to perform to sober people. Yeah, like, that was kind of scary. But yeah. they, I mean, it was a great crowd. Yeah. It, it went really well. And people came up to you afterwards? Like oh, people yeah. you've never met before. Yeah. Kind of, hey, that was really funny or Yeah. I love that about comedy. And then I was supposed <laughs> to do another show with him and then the world shut down. Yeah. So he's contacted me a few times and then things have gotten worse again. So I need to text him and see if he's doing anything. Yeah. Things are loosening up. I mean yeah. it's still around, but I mean 
I don't know. I just feel like the world's loosening up, which is nice. We can get back to normal a little bit here. Did you get COVID? No. I did, I, not I, that I know of. That's that? what I mean. You might be like me. My whole family had it. I was here for a month and I didn't get it. And um, I've been around a lot of COVID people and I still haven't gotten it. Like I, I you know, just at work, uh, working with people and they call me afterwards like, hey, I, I've, I've, I had COVID. I'm like, great. That was fine. Well, I, I do think that my saving grace is probably the antidepressants. <laughs> you think they're, do you think they're no, holding there's, it there's, off? Um, there's actual evidence that if you're on antidepressants that it reduces the symptoms and really? Yeah, because I do a joke. ones or? It's all of the SSRIs. Um, oh. But I do a joke that, like, it's kind of funny that only the people who want to die don't get to die from COVID. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. There's a there's a comic I just watched. She's really funny. Uh, something Thompson, Thomason. Leah? No, that's. Uh... I just she, I just saw her on Netflix. I, it might be. Um, she was so funny. She does this thing about mental health. For like a good 15 minutes, 10 minutes of the show. And I always appreciate honesty. Whenever I see it up there on comedy, when someone's kind of bearing it out, um, I find that stuff to be the, the best stuff. Because I really feel like people are being super genuine and that's like their inner humor coming out about whatever they're experiencing. And I think, you know, you could agree with me, like shit stuff needs comedy to lift it up out of the mud. I mean, it really does. And there's a there's a time, right? Too soon is an actual real thing. but But that kind of stuff, I think, we need it. Everybody needs it. Um, I even said that about like racial stuff. I feel like in the eighties we were getting to a place where like people can joke about racial stuff. And then we, something happened where, you know, you couldn't bring up racial stuff and then only certain groups could. And, uh, the, the tension got so high and I'm hoping we're getting back to a place where we can just kind of joke around about it a little bit. Uh, Chappelle always rescued us from that. Like he put that out there and, but hopefully we get back to a place where we can kind of joke about it and we can kind of move forward. Yeah, I think we're sliding into a very sensitive time. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I apparently offended one of my child's friends last week. One of your child's friends? How old yeah. were they? Uh, let's see, it was Eleanor Sons. 14, 15. They're easily offendable. Okay, so Anymore. we had pizza for dinner because we were feeding a bunch of teenagers. She had like four or five kids sleeping over because, mm -hmm. you know, when you have half a dozen, what's a few more on the pile? <laughs> it's like cats. So <laughs> anyway, yeah, they just strays to show up at our house. So. Mm -hmm. Jason brought home, like, I don't know, seven pizzas because you just buy pizza, and then they feed themselves. Mm -hmm. So they, I was serving pizza, and the one little girl's like, oh, I don't eat pizza. And she's like, but I brought a Lunchable, so it's okay. And I said, well, what the hell? I was like, <laughs> I love that you know you're a pain in the ass, and you brought your own food. And my daughter called me aside the next day, and she's like, Mom, she's really upset you called her a pain in the ass. And I was uh, like, oh, my God, grow a pair. Like, oh, yeah, so she's like, just being sensitive. Yeah. I was like, honey, no. that wasn't mean. Like, that was. Mm -hmm. It was endearing, actually. Yeah I, yeah. I didn't think I was being. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so many times I've done that, and you've probably done it because you're a funny person. Like, uh, you know, like you said, you tried on your friends. Yeah, of course. I'm always trying to be funny, party funny around friends and stuff. And man, if there's five people there, I'm offending one person. And it's not intentional. I, I honestly, my only intent, and you can agree with this, whenever you say something funny, like you're just trying to make people laugh. You're, you're never trying to offend people. If they do, you know, they got to reevaluate how they process that. And, you know, sometimes I think as just a human being, you have to like take a step back and be like, okay, you know, did I say the right thing? And I think any human would do that. Like if they said like, look, you really offended me. You probably thought for like, a millisecond with that little girl like oh my god like and rethought maybe the way you said it or 
I did, and then I thought, this is why I sit in a room with 20-somethings <laughs> in school, and they're always upset or offended, yeah. and it's, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I know that I've told my children they are pains in the asses on more <laughs> yeah. in a loving way. Yes. Like a, yes, I remember. Like, Go ahead. Like, don't be a pain in the ass right now. Like, <laughs> don't just do what you're supposed to do. Like, this is, and I know my parents have said it to me. And yeah. I, on some level, like, people just need to be frank with their kids and say, "Granted, I'm not a parenting expert. We have our fails. Yeah. Trust me. But yeah. like, on some level, kids need to be just told. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just um right, and it's it's you know my kids are a little young to hear that, but your daughter is what 14? You said. Yeah. Yeah, and again, you're saying it. There's a way to say it and how it's like intended to be said. I, I grew up around people that, which is strange. And I don't know if this is your house or not. You guys do this, but it was very open to curse in this person's house. And I grew up in a certain household where you just didn't do that. And I'd go to this person's house and they'd be like, you know, fucking dinner's on the table. Get the fuck out here and stuff like that. And I'm like, what the hell is going on in this house? But that's how they communicated and no one was bothered by it. Um, but I always thought that was strange. <laughs> I will say my little boys swear way more than I'd like them to. Yeah. But uh, it's just you know. a word at the end of the day. I think, and that's what I try to teach my daughter. She's seven. That words, people, you're impressing people, whether you're negatively or positively. And when the, you're, the words you choose are people are just going to process that a certain way, you know. Um, so just trying to teach her what use what words to use here and there. Like she'll say to me, she's like, I can use that word with you, right? And I'm like, yeah, that's totally, you can use that word with me but you can't use that word at school or you can't use that in front of adults or they're just, it sounds dumb when you say it. It doesn't make any sense. Um, but they should curse way more considering I curse in front of them here and there, but they don't. They're pretty now, good. Now, Jason grew up, his mom was from England. Well, she was born in Ireland, grew up in England, and then moved over here. Mm. Um, and in England and Ireland, they curse a lot, a mm -hmm. lot more than than we do here and his dad mm. grew up in new york so they they were swearers and yeah. jason is a swear but he said growing up he he didn't yeah um but yeah him and i swear quite a bit yeah uh, my parents don't like really at all and yeah. like my mom gets offended when i swear during comedy <laughs> she's like could you, could you just not not say that can you clean it up can you clean it up yeah there was uh did you wa ever watch um what the heck is that show on was it on showtime the stand-up Crashing? Crashing. Oh, yeah. I watched that. I, I love that show. Yeah. I, yeah. Was it on Showtime or was it on HBO Max? It could have been on HBO. One of them. Yeah, it could have been on HBO. And um, I think his mom comes to one of his shows and she's, you know, stiff and proper. And <laughs> that's why. So when I asked, did you lose any friends after that show? Meaning sometimes when you bear honesty or say words or points of view, people will be like, oh God, they look at you differently or, and you're just being honest. So that's why I asked that question. Like some people might go like, I can't believe you said that. Right. I, right. Thread, I try to throw it out there. I don't think the person I am on stage is much different than the person you meet mm -hmm. in real life. Mm -hmm. I, I'm a thousand percent who I am on stage, which is why I think I do well, mm -hmm. um, because it's not an act. When I go up there, those are jokes that are in my head that are me, that are, mm -hmm. are being told. Mm -hmm. They're not somebody else's writing. It's mm -hmm. not, you know, so there's that end of it. So I feel like my friends weren't totally surprised because mm -hmm. they've heard me say similar stuff That before. didn't take them off guard. But I think there is an aspect of people just seeing you get up on stage and and do it, mm -hmm. that they're not expecting that. Um, 
like the other week I got off of like how honest you can be or right yeah or just but, but just doing it in public mm-hmm. too yeah um, I got off stage and I was leaving to go to the bar and I got called over to a table that was sitting like at the restaurant area that had, was in the comedy area but came outside yeah and it was actually one of the public defenders from from Harrisburg, from Dolphin County, who I, I had known from when I interned at the DA's office. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, my God, you were at the DA's office. I remember you. She's like, you <laughs> did so well. Oh, I can't believe good. you do yeah. this. This is yeah, because I never know professionally how it's going to yep. affect me. Yep. You know, and that's the one yep. thing my mom's always like, you know, you just don't know. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's my. I mean, there's no way anybody professionally would see me at the comedy zone. Right. Um, but it is funny, like doing podcasts and stuff like that. I keep this pretty pretty quiet from my professional life, but they know I do a podcast. That's about all they know, and they know I have an interest in stand up comedy, and I try to write it and and all that stuff. And I just I could tell that they're interested. They would like to hear it, kind of thing. But at the same time, I'm like. There has to be a, a division line for me, at least, of like my private life, my professional life. You just don't know how someone's going to handle that information. But maybe to your point, maybe I just have these false fears in my head where like maybe if they saw it, they probably think it was funny and they thought it was great and they'd move on with life. But in my mind, I'm like, oh, God, I'll be called into HR. Or I'll be something crazy would happen. But well, there's always that concern that that one out of like four or five that's going to be offended. Yeah. You hear it and yeah. then say, you know, and um I had a job interview this week and I I usually let it out pretty early that I do this on the side just because mm-hmm. I don't want it to come up later. Mm-hmm. I don't want it to be an issue mm-hmm. and um it's not something I plan on quitting. So mm-hmm. I want them to know in case it is an issue because if it's an issue just don't hire me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's I mean it's a good point. Um you just laying it on the line. I mean you're making money at this point doing shows. I wouldn't say money. Well, no. It's, so here, it's so, shoe money. It's 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 treat money. That's got to feel good though. Is like something that you were you you like doing, and you go up there and do it, and you get that rush from the laughter, or you get to be a part of the culture, and then someone hands you some money at the end of the night, and it's like kind of I, f- I feel like that's like icing on the cake. I feel like it subsidizes an activity I was doing because I mean you mm-hmm. open mic is free to go to, but usually. Get buy some, some drinks, drinks have something to eat. So, you gas know, has to get there. Yeah. yeah. So it just kind of complements financially like it, what you're spending. It's like having an activity that subsidizes itself a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is nice. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, um, yeah. Mary, when she was like doing a tour, mm-hmm. she was hustling, man. I don't know if you listened to that. She was like making connections like all over the place. She was sending me pictures of, comics that she was uh running into or opening for or getting jammed in shows with them because she was networking i mean it's really cool to to see her do that to watch her to do that um see and that's where i'm envious of like people who can do this mm -hmm. all the time because i one i'm not very forward like i won't i won't text a booker or send them stuff unless they put something out saying hey i'm looking for comics yeah but i don't like there are people who will just basically cold text a booker or you know um i don't feel comfortable doing that yeah uh i wait for people to come to me which is obviously going to keep me from getting booked a ton yeah but i also don't have a ton of time to give i wish i had more time like i wish that i also don't want to give up this whole legal thing that i spent three years doing (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah you spent some money on that so a little bit yeah 
It's so, and there, but there's like, I just think about where I would have been in my twenties and, and even early thirties compared to now. Well, it's frustrating it's for space. me. Um, I went to grad school right outside of DC in Arlington, mm -hmm. Virginia. And the thought that I could have been doing stand up while I was in grad school. Um, yeah. And in DC where it's a decent sized scene, yeah. a much bigger city than it is here. Yeah. And I, at the same time, like I think back, there was the internet then, but not like it is now. You right. couldn't just Google um, open mics and, and things the way you can now. I mean, it's so much easier to find shit. Yeah. Yeah, I'm surprised at how far people drive to the open mic in Harrisburg when well, they start talking to them. It's a real stage. We generally have, even on a dead night, you have some people there. Even if it's just comics, there's at least 40 people in the room. You mm -hmm. Well, not that they stay in their room. Um, they get loud too. It's my pet peeve, and I've yeah. I've made comments it's about kind of it, annoying. and I've been called mean things for saying it. And go out in the hallway. Yeah, it's it's um, and it's funny because it's comics doing it. You think that they would be more sensitive. It's hard because so many of them have been doing it for so long, yeah. and I get it. It's boring. You hear the same people's jokes. Yeah. Um, the thing about Harrisburg is there's people that are really good. Yeah. And there's people that are really bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, the same people that are really bad and really good come out every week. <laughs> yeah. That's, and that's, I say that's one of the things that amazed me too when I first started going to open mics and going back to back week after week. I'm like, wow, it's been like a year or two. And, you know, this person, I, but I also watch people get better. Like I've watched people evolve. Am um, I on your evolve list? Yes, you're getting better. Every time I see you, it's getting better and better and more refined and right. the pauses, to your point, slowing down, the pauses, let them laugh, let them, um, slowing yourself down. I've noticed that because when I first went to see you, it was a lot of energy. It was a lot of, but to your point, you were doing a five minute set in three minutes and, but it's, it's kind of, um, the performance piece, the physical thing that people are absorbing, you know, there's that other piece there. And I think I, I can feel you doing that. Right. Um, well, that's, I will tell you that is a big chunk in probably thanks to Glessner because he really worked with me on that. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, during COVID when there wasn't a ton of mics, I was going down to uh, Maryland, had a few open mm. and they were in like dive bars. And he would like, after the mic, he ran a couple of them and he was like, okay, stand here. <laughs> stand where? What do you mean? He'd oh, like, trying to take get the mic, stand here, <laughs> say your joke. Now count to three in your head. <laughs> then say your next joke. Like he was. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I know it was frustrating for him because I think he felt like that was a big hurdle for me to overcome. Yeah. And like he said, I get it. It's easy to say, yeah. do this and then not, but not be able to. Like he. Yeah. yeah but I, I want to get back to, so you said, you know, taking advice and this person's your friend and you appreciate their advice and it comes from a good place and they're kind of in tune with your humor. There's something to be said about everybody's humor is different and it's subjective and you'll find 10 people think you're funny. You'll find five people think you're not funny and you'll have find another five people that don't like you at all. And they, they you make them mad on some level. And when you take advice or, or from somebody, it's just like, well, you just don't get me. Like it's a different kind of comedy and I can't take advice from you because it's, it just wouldn't fit me, my personal experience. And I was talking to Mary about this, like, like the joke's been said seven different times, but when it comes from you, it's your perspective. It's your secret sauce. It's you're adding those extra ingredients to it. It should be unique to you. Even if it was said, a million people joke about whatever they joke about. Your experience and your vision, it's you. 
And that's what makes it unique. So you got to watch how much feedback you take in from other people. And I think that's the place that I would like to get to eventually if I, if I do get up there and have fun with it and all that shit. Like, I would like to get to a place where you can just be you. Because right. we're all funny people. And as soon as we can start being ourselves, I think it comes out. I think the best people there are the ones that are themselves on stage. Mm -hmm. um, one of my favorites is, is Manny because I feel like Manny is a very pure person. Yes, yeah. And you just, you get that yeah. from him. Yeah. You know, that it's just. He seems like a genuinely just nice guy. He is. He, yeah. He has his moments. He's no. Manny. Yeah, he's like yeah. anybody else. But he comes off as a general, generally nice, approachable guy. And he's very, like, childlike in his interests and stuff. Yeah. Which, you know. Wrestling and, yeah. He's really into, like, Japanese uh comic books oh is he yeah like really and all that yeah i mean it's all unique stuff i guess that makes up him a lot of things he's into my kids are into so I'll, like i'll ask him like hey can you tell me about this because my kids started watching this is this okay <laughs> is this appropriate yeah how old is, is manny he's in his 30. 30s he just turned 30. he just turned 30. <laughs> hey 30 year old man do you yeah. think my 16 year old should be watching this yeah you I, you know i'm just thinking about we were talking about comics that kind of were there and not there anymore it is interesting how some people just disappear as well people just i've seen all of a sudden disappear and they're doing like i i remember uh avery always made me laugh avery moved avery moved to uh connecticut with his girlfriend avery's doing quite well and he's still oh, doing that's good. comedy oh that's yeah. good he, he moved though for the girl and he needed to move for the girl because he's not going to find better than that oh so, yeah um he's got a very unique laugh a very yeah. distinct unique laugh that would make me laugh every time i'd hear him laugh. <laughs> but he's somebody i watched evolve too he started with his like Almost Rodney Dangerfield like one liner jokes, kind of like yeah. boom, 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 and now like, the last time I saw him, he was like it was a story. It had depth. It was had angles to it and stuff like that. And so I can watch him kind of the way he changed as well. That was interesting. Well, he's really young too. If he's yeah, also growing up. Yeah, yeah, like right there. It's amazing there. Yeah. how young some of these guys are. Yeah, and, I mean girls too, but yeah. there's very few girls. I was gonna say you guys seem to uh, have well you you have like a girl comic bond there like you guys have some well who's your friend that you hang out with all the time you guys seem to be buddies hanging out with uh Shannon maybe maybe yeah maybe that's it yeah she she goes up there every week she's been going up for years yeah um you were with her last time I saw you you guys were uh, out in the front part there where I told you to come on the podcast so you guys seem like you have a good Is it relationship Shannon or Casey Casey. I think Casey. it's Casey, yeah. I think I've heard her name before. Because she was at your backyard thing, too. Yeah. Your open well, mic backyard thing. Too. Okay, Shannon. Uh, I don't know if I know who that is. Oh, yeah, I know who Shannon is. She jokes yeah. about being a lesbian. Yeah, but she's not. But she's really not. She was joking about being bisexual. And then, I don't And then she's like, here's my boyfriend. Yeah, I was, I, was, I mean, whatever. But um, it was interesting to see. Although uh, you can easily be bi and have a boyfriend. You could. You could go either. So I, I think she experiments. Yeah. But yeah. she's also really young, so. Yeah, that makes it, that's a really good point too. Like people make stuff up on stage as well. That's. Like, that's completely legal and in bounds. Mm -hmm. Do you make stuff up? I exaggerate the truth. Okay. I think Which, it's fair to say. I don't really make stuff up. Um, my husband hates to come though because he fact checks my jokes and I, it drives me insane. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, well, you don't do that. And I'm like, it's a joke. Yeah. Like the there is an element of truth to this joke. I expanded on it. Yeah. And he's like, but that's not true. I'm like, it doesn't have to be. <laughs> the audience doesn't need to know that. Is that why Jason's not allowed to come? I don't ever. He's allowed him. to come. I yeah. love him to come. He doesn't like to come. It's just not he doesn't. Thing. He doesn't enjoy it. He doesn't really enjoy comedy, which I don't get that. But yeah. 
It's like, oh, so I married a sociopath. Yeah. Yeah. So does he, he doesn't even like watching like stand up on TV or anything. No. Or just So that's a definitely a different interest that you guys have. Yeah. With each other. Michelle, my wife, she just, she could take it or leave it. But when I put comedy on, she laughs and she likes it, but she doesn't seek it out. It's not like her, like that's my reality TV. If she, if, if I like any kind of reality TV, it's like watching like stand up. But I like, like the, I like the. The raw stand up, like the the YouTube stand up, like the I mean, I can watch a show, like on Netflix or whatever, like stand up special, and that's that's all good. But if I could choose, it's the raw kind of stuff that I appreciate. I watch, I like people watching people mess up. It makes me feel human because, and it gets me more comfortable with maybe I'll get up there one day and I'll mess up, and you know. So I like to see that raw part of it. But cool. So you got a show tonight. Yep. You missed tomorrow because you got to be a adult. Go I to gotta a gala. be an adult and go to a ball. Well, it's not even really an adult because it's going to be with a bunch of 20-somethings. Because apparently yeah. that's what I spend all my time with, with the comics who are in their 20s and 30s. Yeah. Then I go to law school with children. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so nobody your age you get to hang out with. There's like a few people that are adults in law school, but very, yeah. very few and far between. It's mostly yeah. 20-somethings. Yeah. Well, I'm trying, well, it's interesting, too, the age groups of the people that get on open mic. I mean, I've seen people in their 60s and 70s go up there. Um, that one lady was doing the same joke all the time. Joan. About, yeah, she was doing her same Rolodex for like, <laughs> like two years, giving hand jobs of the mic, and she's doing her thing. Yeah, we're and, a little worried. We haven't heard from Joan in a while. Yeah, she kind of disappeared. I haven't seen her there as well. Not that I go every week, but and then um, really young comics. So there is like a. So would you say your age of comics? I mean, five, six, like the in their forty somethings. There's uh, Andrew, there's you. Andrew's not 40. Andrew's younger than me. Is it really? Yeah. 35? He's like 37, 38. I mean, okay. Yeah, so he's a, Whether he likes um, it or not, he's in that barrel. Yeah, uh, Tom. Tom and I are about the same age. Damien's 40. Damien and I are almost exactly the same age. Okay, yeah. Um, Damien likes to do crowd work. Yeah. That's like his thing. Every time he gets up there, and I'm always probably laughing or making some noise. He always picks on me. He always asks what I do for a living. I'm just gonna start making stuff up because I don't think I don't think he knows what to do with dietitian. Every time I say dietitian, he's like, "Oh." I know, and I was dying because I was like, "He's not a dietitian." <laughs> I just got to make it up. I'm just gonna start making stuff up. I I am a dietitian by trade. Are you? Yeah, I am, yeah. but I have to like. I think for him, I'm just gonna start saying I'm a sandwich artist at Subway or give him some material to play with. Didn't he call in Kevin once and he was like, "I'm a lawyer," and I'm like, "No, you're not." Yeah. <laughs> but we made an agreement to just start making stuff up. Gotcha. So next time, I'm just gonna I'm gonna give him uh, softball pitches and he can. If he can do something with it. But so then next week, are you doing shows next week? So next week, there's no open mic because Shane Gillis is here, which is like the local. Are you event. going? I'm not. Um, we got I tickets. Kevin out. got tickets. So uh, the first, April 1st, I'm in Maryland mm -hmm. at a brewery. Andrew is actually producing his first show Ooh. and I'm hosting that. Ooh. And uh the following week, I won't be at open mic because Magoobies in Maryland has a new talent competition. So I'm going down there. Oh, cool. Um, so hopefully I'll do okay. Yeah. I'm trying to make sure I have at least four people to go because it's a bringer show and you have to have four to go on stage. I think uh, I I think I have my four, though. Yeah. There was... Go ahead. You get an extra minute if you bring more people. So, yeah, if you want to come, I'll put you in my car. And bring okay. You. Yeah, we'll go down there and do Kevin a road trip. And, yeah. What the, When's the date? It's the 7th. It okay. would be the same night as open mic. Just on a you'd Thursday? have to go down to Maryland. It's, it's an Antonio. hour. Yeah. 83. I mean, it's yeah. not that bad. I keep saying I'm going to go down to Hanover. I go down to Hanover for work, and I stopped to see where the church of satire was when I was it's driving through there. 
right downtown. It's deceiving. And I think it's funny because it says right now, this isn't a church. It says it on the door. It is an amazing venue. It's it very small. Cool. Yeah. So it holds like 50 people. Yeah. And BYOB. It's BYOB. Yeah. Uh, I think you can order food too from like the local places on a show night. Yeah. Um, right for on. open mic though, it's nice because it's a small venue, but everyone stays in the room. It's an engaged crowd. Yeah. Uh, so I love going there for open mic when I can. Yeah. Because, you know, it's worth it. And Some if Mondays, you do right? a good job, yeah. If you do a good job, Jim usually books you for stuff. So oh, that's good. Yeah. Cause that's where you do a lot of your shows down mm -hmm. there. Um, well, cool. Um, well, I'll let you know. And that would be fun. That'd be a cool road trip. But I appreciate you doing this, right? Did we run out of time? I don't know. What's our time? 2.48. We've been doing it for, we got 47 minutes. So. We got 47 minutes in. What do you try mm -hmm. to do, an hour? Or do you try to do whatever? No, do whatever. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I got a, we got daddy-daughter dance tonight. Oh. So I so got to you're go. going to your fancy ball tonight. I am. This is my fancy ball with my little uh, midget date. Are you matching me. her? It's a good question. I haven't even picked my outfit out yet. So, um. I'm going to have to figure that out. Your wife hasn't arranged it out the for whole me. thing? No. Because, <laughs> like, I ordered Jason a matching tie to my dress. Oh, okay. This now, is like this is like law school prom. So he goes with you. Yeah. And everybody brings their... So these 20-something-year-olds don't have a date. Some of them do, yeah. Some of them do, but some of them don't. So it's not uncommon for them to be, like, stag. Yeah, some of them as come well. stag. Yeah. yeah. There's dancing? There's dancing. There's dinner. There's. But what is this to celebrate? What are they celebrating? We're not lawyers year. yet. Okay. Well, it's the end of the year. It's so this is just end of school year. Yeah. And there's we're supposed to have one every year. Our yeah. first one got canceled because mm. of COVID. And of course, then yeah. last year we didn't have one. So for our, my class, for the third year students that are about to graduate, this is this kind first of a one. big deal for us. It's our first and last all at the same time. Oh, man. So, you know. That's a little nuts. Yeah, because there's only three years in law school. Mm -hmm. You can do four if you go part time. Yeah. But you did full time. I did full time. Yeah. Because I'm, because I, <laughs> I considered doing two and a half years. Yeah, just to speed through it. And the problem was, I would have got shorted on my scholarship. Oh, you're on a scholarship. Yeah. Oh, so did you get a scholarship going in, or did you have to prove yourself the first year and then after? No, that, when you get I applied, I got about two thirds of my tuition paid. How did you do that? You apply, and they offer you a scholarship. So you just said, "I want a scholarship," stuff. and when you apply. You, when they make your offer, they say, this is your offer and this is how much we'll give you each year. So you finished up a four-year degree right before you went into law school. Oh, no, no, no. So you were able I, to like pull off your like grades from years ago to get the scholarship? Yeah. my. Oh, I didn't know that. Let's see. I finished... There was like an expiration date for those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I graduated college in 2002 and then I yeah. got my master's in 2004 and... I pulled all that out. I took the LSATs, which is the the law school yeah. entrance test. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you write about yourself. You tell them why you're going to be a good student. And then uh, the one thing I had going for me is that I filled that uh, diversity spot of middle-aged woman with kids. <laughs> <laughs> because every every law school wants their class in some way to be diverse. Yeah. Um. And you have tons of 20-somethings applying. Yeah. So, you know, you have, like, ethnically diverse. You have, you know, culturally whatever. But mm -hmm. I bring a different diversity Yeah. That, that other people aren't bringing. Yeah. So, and the idea is by having it, especially in law school, mm -hmm. you're bringing in different viewpoints. Yeah. So yeah, that is a good point, especially I being knew, in law. I knew going in that I had that going for me. Yeah, that's helpful. 
Yeah, that's well, I'm a dietitian. 90% are women. So everything I do, I'm surrounded by women. I have two sisters. I have two daughters. I've, I'm just surrounded by women. Um, but yeah, it's uncommon for me. Like when I went to school, I mean, it was all women. It was me and like maybe two or three other guys. And the ironic part is the other guy that was in my classes at Penn State main campus is now my wife's boss. Kind of strange, but he was like the only other guy sitting in class with me. And, is um, she a dietitian too? No, oh. he ironically uh, was in one of my nursing classes and um, he does like finance, I think, or accounting. I don't know how he ended up in my class, um, but he they do like um, numbers, accounting, finance. She loves Excel spreadsheets. Boring. She's got the boy job and I have the girl job. That's usually what I say. That's cute. <laughs> yeah, it's the best way I can put it. So I couldn't do what she does and she couldn't do what I do. So I don't I don't know what gender my job is because it's at this point, law is very mixed. Mm -hmm. At one time, it was all white men mm. for the most part. Yeah. But it's it's definitely gotten way more diverse. Yeah. A lot of women go into law later. Because they have kids and then go back to school. Uh, you get a lot of people who work as paralegals. Yeah. And learn a ton about the law and are able to go back to mm -hmm. law school and pretty much kill it because they know this stuff. Yeah. And uh, it's helpful. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, uh, that you can't lose by getting more diverse. I think engineering is there's a huge drought in women in engineering. I think, I don't know. I think it's like 96% men. I'm just sorry. When you have one gender commanding, uh, it just, it, there's definitely like a culture thing happening that like needs to be shifted. Well, I feel that way about comedy. <laughs> no, that's true. We just brought that up. Like women and men, I think it's like 80% men maybe. Did I see you go up there? Right, but then I, I see a ton of women making it in comedy. Like, there there's yeah. several well-known women comics. Nikki Glaser. I think, in general, the women are better writers. I'm sure people will boo me for that. We're going to say that's not sexist. That's, <laughs> I just think women work harder at writing. I mean, yeah. but I will say, like, the women that... My, my biggest problem with... Uh, what's her name? The blonde girl... Nikki Glaser? Like no, we're talking no, no, about no, professional no. comedians? Yeah, professional comedians. Um, The one I was talking about? The one about? that steals jokes. Oh, Amy Schumer? Amy Schumer. She goes really blue, really fast. And I just think she's better than that mm -hmm. in general. I mean, blue? it works for her. Yeah, she just goes blue, like dirty. She just mm. tells. Yeah. Not that I'm against dirty jokes. Yeah. But. Yeah. Yeah, that was that, that uh, Tom, I keep saying Tom, I think it's Tomlinson was her last name. That's what I noticed about her. She didn't use sex as a crutch. Like, you don't use really sexuality or sex as a crutch. Um, not that it's not present in there and you bring it up and it, it's, it should be a part of it. But I definitely watch uh, female comics try to lean on that. Because if guys got up there and just talk sex jokes and dick jokes and... They do. And they, and they do. <laughs> That's true. They do. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it becomes just very one dimensional and... It's almost like you watch Asian comics sometimes and they just lean on that Asian thing forever or fat guys. Like they lean on the fat thing forever. And I know that's what they have going on. their self-deprecation kind of thing or what they're allowed to talk about. Um, but there's just so much more. I try about. also not to lean on like the kid thing too much. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'll tell jokes about the kids and mm -hmm. about having kids, but I really try not to just be that mom with six kids. Yeah. And all yeah. of her jokes revolve around being a tired mom well that gets into right that gets into like your audience can't relate i mean you right. look in that crowd some days and i mean i think about when i write because you write about what you know and what's around you and i'm a dad and kids and that kind of life and you know some people might not get that to, to your point 20 some year olds at your law school like 
you could say stuff like that and then you just eh. at the same time everyone gets family stuff because even if you're not a parent mm -hmm. you have parents yeah. You grew up in a family. You watch your parents do stuff. Mm -hmm. So that is relatable or at least should be relatable on some level to yeah. every audience. Yeah. You know, so like if I'm telling a joke about being a mom, I've had younger people approach me and go, oh, my mom, my mom used to do that mm -hmm. or my, you know. Mm -hmm. So you get that end of it. Yeah, that's a good point. You, you should be able to relate with it on some level. Yeah, but I don't want that to be my only thing is like talking family. I mean, but at first it was interesting um, I think I was talking to Mary about it and she was just saying you start with self-deprecation and you you know about you you're teaching them about you and then eventually you get bigger and start talking about things outside of your peripheral and well and sometimes with open mics some jokes will work there because that room knows you mm -hmm. so like you'll say something and it is extremely funny to that group of people who yeah. knows you yeah and what you said is extremely funny to them because what you are saying is funny because what they know of you yeah you go tell that on a stage in front of a real audience well they don't know your backstory yeah and you don't have three years to give them your backstory yeah. when you're doing a 10 minute set so there there's that end of it have you done that and like heard the crickets you're like oh shit i don't hear crickets i get applause no <laughs> <laughs> all the time <laughs> all yeah. the time yeah yeah because i can imagine that's that's the thing I, I i like too is to hear about like and it sounds so morbid but like the stuff that fails and like how you regroup and how you, cause that, that hits the hardest. The laughter's fun and that hits a trigger. But man, when I would imagine with the dead air and I've been around like five, 10 people trying to make them laugh and none of them laugh. And you're like, oof. <laughs> the one good thing about the pandemic and going to smaller mics where there's nobody there or yeah. they're at a dive bar where people do not care that yeah. you are, they don't want you there. They are there to drink their drinks and get shit faced and beers. go home. Yeah. They are not there to listen to you. Yeah. And uh, just getting up there and doing your set with no feedback, but getting used to that. Yeah. Because you're going to eventually get stuck on some shit show that nobody's at, and you're going to still have to perform to the two people that are there mm -hmm. that don't give a shit. Mm -hmm. or, you don't even know why they're there, but they came. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you got to stand up there and smile and yeah. act like this is normal. And you <laughs> get comfortable in the uncomfortable. Yeah. I mean, that's really, I would imagine what it is like when you get out there and do it. And yeah, and I just got to pull the Band-Aid off. I mean, it was, it was funny because I showed up to a martial arts class just to kind of like watch. And they're like, it's no. It's also a very popular, uh, it's a very popular hobby of the comics. Martial arts. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of them go to the school I used to go to. I've noticed that. One of them is on a podcast with a guy I used to, to do martial arts with. Um, the 6 a.m. podcast. Jeff Beck is the guy. and Oh, that's with Pat George. Yeah, so he's on I a podcast Pat. with him. Yeah, I still talk to Jeff. I see him at Wegmans all the time, but he's one of the instructors there now. Um, but, yeah, Jeff's a great guy. I think Pat does jujitsu there. He does. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't. I left, and then Pat showed up there. But, gotcha. yeah, and there's a couple other guys I see there randomly, like in pictures and stuff on Facebook, but... I actually gave Pat his cat. Gave Pat his cat. <laughs> Did you get kittens? Your cat had kittens? Uh, we don't have a cat. We're allergic. Oh. A kitten showed up at our back door oh. in the middle of winter. Uh -oh. It was before Christmas, yeah. I guess, last year. Yeah. Not like this, like Christmas before. Yeah. And the kids were like, there's a cat. <laughs> oh, my God. Is it just a kitten or a cat? It was a kitten. Oh, little tiny oh. kitten. I mean, you've been to my house. We yeah. live out in the middle of farmland. Beautiful so it was like house, a, yeah. It was just, you know, it's stray farm cat yeah. and this kitten showed up at our back door and 
I put on Facebook, you know, does anyone want a kitten? And I wanted it. He's had Stanley since the kids were devastated. Stanley, we what a great name. Keep the cat. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great name. So whenever he posts anything about Stanley doing bad things, I'm like, that cat did not do that. Don't say bad things about that cat. Uh, Pat's all in with comedy, isn't he? He is. He He's is. all in. This That's is... how he makes his income. And mm-hmm. yeah, does he write? Pat, yeah, he writes yeah. a ton. Yeah. I mean, he like he, and he makes money off it. Like, does he submit work and stuff? I, I don't know the ins and out of what. I know he travels yeah. and stuff, and and yeah. does a does lot shows of shows on the road and stuff. And uh, he does his own podcasts. He produces podcasts on his own. Yeah, through uh, I'll give him a shout out, Baby Mermaid Productions. Oh, he's got his own production company? Yeah, and then uh, he'll come sometimes to open mic and tape for people. So he'll just have his recorder up there. Oh, he'll do a podcast And do, like, no, 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 tape everybody's sets for you, and then you can pay him, like, 20 bucks, and he gives you a really good edited tape so that, like, I've used the one that I got from him to submit to things. Mm -hmm. Um, So, like, because if you want to do shows... What'll happen is a producer or a showrunner will put out something like, hey, I'm looking for comics here. And you'll say, hey, I'm interested. And they'll say, send me a tape. So you send them a link of one of your Um, tapes on YouTube and then they watch it and they say, oh my God, you're amazing. That's what they say to me. (laughs) Um, And then they book you. Yeah. Oh, that's cool that he offers that. Yeah. 20 bucks is pretty cheap. Especially if it's a good tape because I mean, the shit you tape on your phone is not, usually the sound quality is the problem. Yeah. And, you know, people can't hear you, so that's, what's the point of telling a joke if nobody, <laughs> or sending a tape of your joke if they can't hear it? Yeah, yeah. And auto quality, you can see this podcast equipment, it was important to me that it's, like, nice equipment. Right. Um, I try to do Zoom stuff, and I get annoyed at the audio, but I think the audio is, like, super important. It's got to be, like, nice to listen to. It's got to be something about it. Cause well, yeah, because people won't listen if it sounds like you're in a... Like tinny kind of thing. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I've tried to plug into people's podcasts and I'll listen to it and I'll be like, I can't do this. I can't do an hour of this tinny. It sounds like I'm listening to someone's cell phone conversation. It's just weird. Yeah. Yep. So cool. Well, I really appreciate you coming here. This is fun. We do it again. I mean, you're more than welcome to do it again. Um, Like I said, this isn't like the most popular podcast in the world or anything, but it's, you know, do you have a listener? Some people listen to it. We have a couple. Not like a ton. It's not overwhelming because I don't advertise. I don't put on social media because I try to keep it kind of private. Um, but at the same time, it's probably cut me off the knees again. People listen to it. But would you be mad if I posted a link? Oh, absolutely not. Okay. No, I just don't you put don't it. Promote it yourself. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I let my friends listen to it. I mean, I have friends and stuff that I've introduced to it or people that have jumped on board. And I've seen his friends. He does have a few. <laughs> I do, and I bring them the open mic. I bring three or four. Usually, which I th- I'm guessing you guys appreciate when I bring up. We do. We love real people. Yeah, yeah I love I, when the Marines come. The Marines? Oh, off the base, Navy base? No, the there's a group of Marines that have come out like twice now. They were there at Christmas and they were back again and they remembered me at Christmas. They bought me a shot. Oh wow! Yeah. Cool. So that's their spot when they come in town. Well, at Christmas they didn't actually come in and watch comedy. They were having like a Christmas party in the restaurant, and then I went out and entertained them, gave them a private <laughs> showing. I love to support our troops. That's funny. And yeah. uh, and then they came back like two or three weeks ago, and they yeah. actually were in the audience. Yeah. And then I was talking to them, and then I realized um, there was a girl with them, a black girl with them, and I saw her, and I was like, oh, I remember all of you now, <laughs> like the whole night, because I was kind of drunk too. Yeah. Um. It all came back to me, and I was like, yeah. okay, I remember her. Yeah. Because at Christmas, God, the one guy was super drunk. Like, I walked him to a stool, like, 
they like put him on top of me and I like walked him with the other girl. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. So you offer other services. I do. Yeah, all <laughs> kinds of services, just making your way. I mean, I love our country. You do. I, I like to support the troops. It's very nice of you. You're going to be doing a USO show. <laughs> <laughs> that would be phenomenal. <laughs> well, that's it. I got daddy daughter dance. You got your show. See ya.